Hello and welcome to Cardscast, a football podcast all about Woking Football Club. Through this podcast, you'll hear roundtable discussions, match previews and reviews, interviews, as well as us sharing our favourite memories of players, matches and seasons from the past. My name is Glenn Harrington and I'm joined as ever by Jacob Greenwood to talk all about the latest goings on at the club. Before we get into it, remember to like, share and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. So Jacob, pre-season is well underway. What have you made of it so far? Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's been great to kind of get back to football, go to a few games, some really exciting games, which, which we're going to cover a bit in a minute, a lot of goals, uh, some really good results. Good to see uh, the, the team back out there, uh, you know, kind of 80% of which we've actually signed, which is really exciting kind of going into the, the new season. And now we're kind of looking at the back end, I guess, of a couple of games to go. Um, and then we're kind of back at it for, for the league season. So, um, yeah, it's just, I guess, the the highlight really is just getting back to football, kind of, you know, seeing everybody, you know, seeing a, seeing the new team, seeing the new setup. Um, yes, it's, it's been it's been a really good few weeks for everyone that's kind of managed to get down to a game or two, I think. Yeah, definitely. So if we, we kind of take the games one by one then, starting with the, um, the West Brom fixture, which um, I, I, I have to admit I was kind of pleasantly surprised both that the the team that, that we were able to to assemble for it first of all and the, the fact that like you say we we already had what what looked close to the, the team that could theoretically start the season against Wildstone rather than you know years gone by we, we've started pre-season with a number of trialists maybe only kind of half a team of of actually signed players um impressed as well with the uh the team that West Brom brought um obviously a, a a lot of substitutions across the game, but um, you know, a real strong team full of players that that played in the Premier League last season, um, and also you know, kind of pleasantly surprised with the competitiveness of the game. You know, you you don't read too much into into preseason. I think it was the the first game for for both teams, and you could kind of tell that that West Brom were very much in in sort of first or second gear throughout. But nice to see us kind of holding our own against uh, you know. A, a, a big team with with big players. Yeah, you're right. It did kind of play out a little bit like a training session. I think more than more than some of the other games actually, which obviously we'll cover when we get to them. But a lot of them have kind of felt like really competitive affairs where the, the win, you know, obviously it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it kind of feels like the teams are trying to win. Whereas that game, yeah, it did feel, as you say, very much like the first game back, which obviously it was, um, and the cobwebs are kind of being blown off. But no, it was, uh, yeah, it was good to good to see, as you say, kind of. Um, a lot of the West Brom team from last season, really, that were, you know, obviously in the Premier League, and obviously they they, they went down, but they they you know they played quite well. They got some good got some good results. So there's some really good players in there, and probably the most kind of eye catching thing, I guess, was obviously we took pretty much our first team off at half time, uh, and the second half was kind of mainly academy players, and it was just brilliant to see, you know, how they fared against. Um, against that West Brom side, because, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really decent outfit. So, um, yeah, kind of exciting for them as well, I guess, because sometimes when you see, you know, teams sending, um, you know, an 11 down, it, you know, it, well, a little bit like the Chelsea game or when we've played Watford previously in the past, um, in some of the pre-season games, it, it is just, you know, the under-23s or something. So, no, it was great to, great to see a few players. I think Solskjaer was there as well. So, a blast from the past um, from, uh, from last season. And uh, yeah, just unfortunate to, to 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 lose it. But those games, I no, I don't think anyone really cares about the result at all. So it was, uh, yeah, more to take away from the performance of the result. 
and uh, nice of Solskjaer, unlike uh, Jaden Wareham and Reggie Young, um, not scoring against us, which was nice of him. <laughs> yeah, he's not known for scoring goals, is he? But uh, everyone else normally does score against us. So, uh, yeah, good, good he, did, he, he didn't do that. But it'd be interesting to see what he does this season. Um, I never really got why he went back. Obviously, we're not kind of privy to all the, the goings on behind the scenes. But, it, you know, it certainly seemed like an area where we could have probably done with him last season um, and, he, and he might have been a better place, um, you know, kind of getting more experience at Woking. He was he was getting a lot of games under his belt and, uh, yeah, it's kind of go back and play youth football again or a version of it. It was a bit of a strange one. So, uh, yeah, good good to, good to see him back, I guess. But it's just a, one of those strange ones where he kind of disappeared and <laughs> and that was that. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he goes because I know he's played in the Football League before. So, could see him back in the conference maybe and then he might score against us. <laughs> still a chance, still a chance. Um, have to agree um, as well, I think, think worth reiterating. Great to see so many of, of the youngsters out there, obviously. Um, Salim, um, Sam, Leo, all players that we're familiar with from last season, but a couple of new ones out there as well. Lewis Evans, I thought, did very well in midfield in that game. And again, I know there were a lot of changes on the West Brom side as well, but, but you know, fun, big big credit to the academy for, for the team that they had essentially produced there and, and that held their own for 45 minutes against a, a, a championship-level opposition. There's a, a lot of credit that's deserved there, but... Just on the on the first half before we move on to the the Shearwater game, I think one thing that that stood out to me immediately was that we we had a lot more uh, presence in midfield. I think it was um, Tom Champion and Rowan Ince that that started that game as kind of the the midfield shield, if you like, in front of the defence. And that's something that you know we spoke about a lot last season as something that was really really missing from our team. We had players that. You know, individually did have something to offer. There was, you know, um, Cooper with his set pieces, Ferdinand with his his running and his box to box kind of style. That there was there was things to like about our midfield, but you know, we kind of, I think, particularly in the second half of the season, complained about the fact that they were all kind of too similar in their style and, and that we were being overrun too easily in midfield. So I think, you know, great to see promising signs right from the off that 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 might not be the case this season. Yeah, that's been one of the one of the key areas I think this summer, and it's been uh, yeah, been good to see players kind of coming in there, um, you know, champion ints and you know players with with experience really at this level, and I think they've got a clear purpose as well about the way they play. I think, as you say, that mentioning the name from, from last season, I think you know too many times we were saying, well, they don't offer too much going forwards, and well, they don't really offer much defensively. <laughs> but well, you know they're kind of fine and it's just like well, actually like I don't know what's going on here so I think to, to yeah get that good kind of definition of you know champion will do this in the team um, you know and then you kind of add players around him and, and you know ints as well and, and stuff like that so um, yeah it was it was it was it's good to see that and that's probably been one of the, the key areas where it's kind of been nice to see us uh, you know building and we're not quite there yet there's still some trialists kind of playing in, in some of those positions but it's yeah it'd be exciting I think because that's an area that although we have signed some of kind of last season's players in those positions I should think when we get to the opening game it'll be kind of a completely different midfield setup to, to what it was last season so um, yeah as you say it's that's kind of a, a refreshing change we move on then to the Shearwater game um, a relatively routine victory I guess nice to, to see and support with the opening of Shearwater's new stadium but you know worth I think reflecting back on this time last year the defeats to Hamworth Villa and the like, you know, that these these are a sort of games and level of opposition that we that we weren't putting away last season. So nice to see, I guess, for the first time in 
in a long time. Um, the emphasis on Woking to dominate a game and actually, you know, put away a, a, a lower standard of opposition rather than being on the back foot for the full 90 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a good occasion, really. It's a, it's, it's a good setup they've got down there, and obviously the relationship between the two clubs in in the, you know the previous few seasons is good. It's, it's good to see. I think that's one of the kind of nice aspects is there's a lot of kind of teams, you know, in and around Woking. So it's good to see us kind of building, you know, bridges with with some of those, and you know, who knows that could benefit them further down the line if you know if academy players want to go there or or whatever. But no, it was it was good to good to good to get the win as you say and uh, you know it was never it was never really in, in doubt and you know again that I think that's the helpful thing about kind of us you know having quite a, a good squad assembled early in pre-season is you just win those games I should think that the games you were mentioned in last season and in probably previous seasons as well where you know we've lost to someone kind of ridiculous um, you know many leagues below is because we've just got a load of trialists and you know you don't really learn too much from the game other than we're probably not going to sign any of the trialists because we just <laughs> lost to someone like mad so yeah it was it was it was um it was a good victory and it also I think the one thing that was kind of worrying from that game was Johnson kind of pulling up he kind of was sprinting off after the ball and kind of pulled up and was I think it was his kind of thigh area that he was kind of clutching and you're thinking oh no you know, not not already, not you know that. Please don't be out for six weeks, two months, or whatever. But you know, he's already kind of returned in in pre season, which is good. So just getting through that game, it was clearly about fitness because the team that played the first half uh, had to do like a, a full sprinting session throughout half time. Uh, you know, even though it was a, a warm day and they just played forty five minutes, and and the same with the second half team as well, which was completely different. But at the end of the game, again, they were kind of doing sprints and. Um, you know, stuff like that, kind of endurance stuff after the game they've already played. So um, it was clearly all about the fitness. But uh, yeah, good to good to get a couple of goals and, and, and get the win as well. And uh, uh, one player I just wanted to, to get your opinion on um, was George Oakley. Um, obviously comes to comes to us with, with not a, a particularly incredible goal-scoring record, particularly um, last season, I think was a, a difficult one for him. And I know that... Uh, wasn't the prettiest goal that he'll ever score, but good to see him off the mark early on. Um, just wanted to get your take on kind of how he's looked so far. I think obviously, you know, a lot of people will know Effie Ong and, and kind of what he's about from his last spell here. Um, Oakley, a bit more of an unknown quantity. How's he, how's he looked so far for you? Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get away with play, playing him up front on his own. Um, I think he's going to kind of have to play up there with someone else. Um, you know, and it might be as a forward three, you know, if the two wingers are, are giving him a lot of service, but, you know, kind of physically, as you say, he's nowhere near what, what Effiong is on that level. Um, you know, yeah, he, he will take chances if you, if you give them to him, but it'd be, I would be really interested to see him kind of up there, maybe in a four four two or something, um, you know, maybe doing a bit of the running kind of around on like Effiong or, or someone else if we bring them in. I just worry he might be a little bit isolated, um, you know, if, I, I don't think there's any kind of uh, standout uh, talent there. So obviously, some players that play centre forward in that role, you know, they'll they'll be a really pacey player. So you know, they'll chase everything and run the ball. Well, I don't think you know, kind of raw pace is is necessarily his key asset. I don't I'm not sure strength is, and I think you know, you kind of count a few things out. But I think that's why it might be better to kind of maybe partnering with someone if we if we're going to play him up there because you know he has got an eye for goal and as you say it was a bit un- unconventional but obviously he he did score it and um you know you've got to be there to, to put them away and I think he will take chances but it's whether he 
can create chances um, to put away for himself. I think if you're playing up front on your own, sometimes you have to. And that's what you see from someone like Effiong. You know, someone could just hoof the ball from centre-back and Effiong can take it down, beat a man and put it in the corner. Um, you know, and, and you've kind of made that goal yourself. So, um, yeah, I don't, obviously he's not the same as Effiong, but sometimes I think you've, you've just got to have a... Um, just a real key asset when, you, when you're up front on your own so it might just be nice to see him playing alongside someone but ultimately we'll see when the season starts I think he he doesn't look yeah as you say his goal record isn't great but he, you know he doesn't look like a complete lost cause which mm-hmm. would be harsh to say at this stage anyway but sometimes you do see players in, in pre-season whether it's trialists or whatever and think mm, I don't think that's going to work but yeah I, he's looked good enough I think uh, at this stage and I think you, you kind of touched on it there, but definitely one of the uh, advantages of this new look squad that Dallas has assembled is that there there is a bit more flexibility there with the system and the formation that we're going to play. It doesn't feel like we're going to be restrained to the the kind of four three three that was the, the the go to last season, where the you know the midfield was getting overrun, the wingers were getting pinged back, uh, penned back, the striker was being isolated. Um, it does feel like you know we've got the sort of 4-2-3-1 feels like the um, the kind of first choice formation, but you could easily drop maybe champion back into a into a back three or a back five with with Lofthouse and Casey pushing forward and that that'd allow you to to push Oakley up alongside Nefion, for example. Yeah, exactly. And it's horses for courses, really, isn't it? Depending on, I guess, who you're playing, but also the situation in the game. You know, I think we'll always start with Effiong up front, but, you know, if you're chasing a goal, it might be that you go, well, we'll put two up front you know, as opposed to take Effiong off and, and just put Oakley up front on his own. So I still think it's an area where we're going to need, you know, one more body. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if we can get someone, if we're going to go for someone and what type of player they are if we do get them. Because, um, yeah, that, that that will certainly be uh, an interesting aspect. You know, and it, I don't know. It, I know a lot of our forward players always say they can play anywhere across the front line, but, you know, being a striker is it does feel distinctly quite different sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd still like to see us get one there. But whether it will happen or not, it might be a lone player, I guess, quite late in the late in preseason or once the season's already started. So we just have to have to wait and see what our options are. I guess. Would you take Jaden Wareham back on loan? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, yeah, that kind of segues into the Chelsea game a little bit, doesn't it? I guess scoring after like twenty five seconds, but yeah, I mean, he, 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 you know, that kind of player would be great. Uh, he won't come back because, again, he, he you're, you're not going to start him, I don't think. Um, and the formation we're going to play, you know, you're going to have Effiong up front, and you're going to have two wingers, and and that's really exciting. But it's just, uh, you know, having a backup for, you know, if Effiong gets an injury, if he gets a suspension, you know, um, you know, is Oakley good enough to, to lead the line for, you know, four weeks, six weeks uh, with actually no one else then on the bench to go up front. Um, and that's the thing, like in, in recent seasons, we've kind of made do um, because we've kind of had to just because of the budget and squad numbers. And well, you know, it's, it's kind of fine. You know, we can play so-and-so in this position, even though they don't really play there for four or five weeks. That's fine. And it's, it's not. Uh, you know, we probably saw it last season. We played Kane Ferdinand at centre back for a few games. Like it wasn't fine. Um, you know, I think every time the team crossed the ball, like we conceded pretty much, and it was like, you know, it's you know that's last season, and and you know, I don't put any blame on that, but I just think sometimes when we're trying to cover bases and go, well, this person can play up front, and it's just like, yeah, but can they? Because I think if we're looking to kind of really progress this season, we can't. You know, injuries happen as well. Suspensions happen. It's football. Things happen. Um, and yeah, that's the only thing, you know, concern across the squad, although we've got more depth in some places than others that we're going to kind of, you know, try and cut corners a little bit and and then get caught out. But 
I guess that's what the loan system's for. And, you know, if if Young did pick up an injury and, and then Wareham came back and was first or second choice striker, then that would, yeah, that'd probably be really exciting. But, uh, yeah, I can't see it happening. Um, I'm going to contradict you slightly with my my next point, I guess, on the uh, the point around players playing all anywhere across the front three. Because I, I my opinion is that I think Jamal Loza or Tavon Campbell, who, who took a very well um, taken header against Wimbledon, which is the game that we'll talk about next. I think either of those could potentially play in a front two. Um, I think what we've learned from Previous seasons under Douse is that lone strikers, teenage strikers that are asked to play that Effiong role up front on their own tend not to have the, you know, the stature, the physicality um, that's kind of needed to, to play play in this league just with our, you know, our style of play, um, our quite direct approach, our, you know, even when we're at our best, it's, it's a case of kind of get the ball out wide quickly and get balls in the box. And, you know, you look at some of the players that we had on, on loan last season and, you know, no um, disservice to a, a Slavi Spazov or someone like that. You know, they did their best in difficult circumstances. But I do wonder if a more like-for-like replacement for Effiong, even if there's someone who, you know, theoretically hasn't got the, the, the same quality as, a you know, a, a young only from a, a League 2 or League 1 might be a, a kind of preferable plan B to just throwing on another, you know, teenage striker who can... He's got legs, but he's just going to get beaten in the air all the time. Yeah, it's the same as it's the same as the goalkeeper debate, isn't it? I think that we did this time last season, and it's um, you know, no one's a, you're never going to get a brilliant number two sign for you because they could be playing number one elsewhere. And it's the same with the striker stuff. You know, you do, you know, you are you're not going to if you sign someone now, like and say, well, you know, you probably won't start because everyone's going to start. They'll know that anyway. Everyone will start ahead of you. And we've also got Oakley and like we're on third choice. So, yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? So that's, it's it's hard to sign someone there unless they are a youth player or, yeah, or can play a different position. That's the, the balance that you need to uh, to do. But the one thing that we have seen, I think, in pre-season so far is, as you say, Campbell getting a couple of goals, which is really nice. Um, they'll need to chip in. And obviously, Johnson... You know, I think he grabbed a couple of goals for us in, in his first spell as well. So it's just good to see, I think, um, you know, wide players, whether they're playing wide or whether they're playing in a two up front, can actually kind of score goals. Because uh, it's just typically one of those things they all, they all say, where, you know, well, I can score, I can do this, I can do that. You know, and they're trying to sell themselves. And of course they would say that. But then, you know, you look at a lot of our wingers probably over the years and you say, well, how many, how many did you score? But obviously, like, Lowe's is a good example because he had that spell last season you know, where the one where we kind of knocked all, where we knocked Torquay out the trophy and, and that kind of stuff. And he went through that spell and yeah, he was brilliant and he was scoring goals and it, it was great, but they always seem to be spells that last about five games and then he mm-hmm. gets injured or, you know, something happens or, you know, and, and that's the pain point. But again, another player where you're like, well, he can score goals, um, mm-hmm. which is really useful. Um, it's just fitting them in a row. I think actually the the bigger concern is probably a centre attacking midfielder, which I know we've been having trialists there. But at the moment, again, I think all of them would say, well, I can play behind the striker, but it's probably not any of their chosen positions. So, um, yeah, it might be that we have to get someone else there so we can get the best out of the other players. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come on to to try lists and, and kind of new signings that we'd still like to see before the start of the season um, in a little bit. And it was a an interesting name that I think we've uncovered that was uh, that was trialing there against Farnborough. So we'll we'll come on to that in a little bit. But uh, just briefly um, before we move on to the obviously the the Chelsea. 
City game um, just briefly on the Wimbledon match. Um, Wimbledon have had an absolutely horrific pre-season. They've lost uh, just about all of their games, I think, including to several teams um, at lower levels than ourselves. I think Dartford beaten them. Um, I think Hampton have held them to a draw. They've really not had a good time of it. But you put that to one side, obviously nice to see us beating a, a team a couple of divisions above us. Yeah, we always say the kind of results are irrelevant in pre-season, aren't they? But they never really are in football because, you know, if you're getting wins there and, and you know, it, 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 I think it does give the team a lot of confidence. And yeah, you know, obviously that was, I think, a pretty strong team from them. So good to good to see us getting getting that win as well. And, it, you know, it's if you lost all your pre-season games, you know, <laughs> You know whether the teams are better you or better than you, or, or you know higher placed or whatever. I think it does harm confidence a little bit, and it does show something's probably not quite right. Um, no one wants to go into the season with that. So yeah, it's, it's been great to uh, see the wins as well, because obviously the Chelsea win, say for example, a lot of their under twenty threes played and, and stuff like that. But Wimbledon, it was it was a pretty strong team. So yeah, but as you say, it looks like they might have a a tough season, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, just on the on the point around kind of. Does it really mean anything? You know, obviously, no, it doesn't at the end of the day. But I do think there's there's something to be said for kind of picking up a little bit of momentum in pre-season, particularly um, when you're coming off such a long, bad run as we are. Um, you know, winning's a habit, ultimately. So for a team with a lot of new players um, that could really do with a bit of confidence and just to get that winning feeling back around the club, I mean, you look at the the kind of enthusiasm that's being generated online and things. And you just think, you know, would that be there to the same level if we'd lost every preseason game three, four nil? Probably not. Um, yeah, so exactly. yeah, while the, while the result in itself doesn't mean anything, I think the, the, the fact that we are picking up wins um, can only help in the long run. It was, yeah, it, it's true. It's, it's, it's weird. I think at our level, because, you know, I think when you're a non-league team or a conference team, says you do, you, I mean, you do play some local sides away from home that you, you probably are going to beat. So you're always going to probably get wins somewhere along the line. And, you know, because people will always point to, well, you know, this season we won a few pre-season games and then we got relegated. Uh, but, you know, the teams we've beaten, like, are rubbish. It's, you know, it's like, you know, we played Nap Hill or something and it's just like, we won. So like, you know, you can't judge pre-season, but, but so it is difficult. But no, I do, I do like just using a Premier League example for, uh, you know, a second, the season that I think Chelsea had won the league last under Mourinho and then they finished like 10th or whatever the next season, didn't they? I think that pre-season, although people will correct me now, probably in the comments, I feel like that pre-season of the season where it all went wrong, they didn't win a pre-season game. And you could just feel it was just like, there's just something not right here kind of going into that season. And, you know, you've played good teams because you're a Premier League team and you've got to play good teams and you've got big squads and stuff. But it was just like, this doesn't feel great kind of going into the season. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, you lose, draw the first game or lose the first game, or whatever. And you, it just feels like you're kind of stumbling into the season. Whereas when you've got that settled team and you're picking up wins, no matter who it's against. Um, yeah, it's just confidence, as you say, all around the club, which is which is really important. Absolutely. Um, as we move on to the Chelsea game, before we talk about that, you, before the game, spoke to Waking fan Adam Bowyer, who gave his thoughts on pre-season so far, and we can listen to that now. So this is Cardscast at the match, and I'm here with Adam Bowyer at, uh, at Kingfield just before uh, Woking take on the, the Chelsea under-23s in a pre-season fixture. Adam, I've seen you've been to quite a few pre-season games already with Woking. Yeah. What have we kind of made of it so far? 
Um, I think we're looking very good at the moment, very strong throughout the team. Um, I think Tom Champion especially has been uh, pretty solid at the back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, seeing just how, because there's quite a few players from last season that have kind of come back in, and you say players like Champion have kind of fitted in and, and, and around that, haven't they? Have you seen us using kind of many different systems, maybe kind of explaining to people that haven't been any pre-season games yet, has Champion been playing a few positions on the pitch? Because I think he can, can't he? Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, I think he's played at centre-back, um, at right-back against Shearwater, and he may have played just in front of the defence as well against West Brom. Um, so yeah, he's very versatile. Um, I think he'll be a, a great addition for us. When you look at the squad that we've kind of got together so far, I think this season's a bit different to previous seasons, maybe where we've had about six or seven players signed on and, the, and then there's a load of trialists, but we've actually kind of got that squad in place now. So what do you kind of make of the, the Obviously you're impressed by Champion, but what about the rest of the squad? Um, I think it's nicely balanced at the moment. Um, from, just from what I've seen, I think the recruitment's been really good. Um, getting some experience from the league um, and some of the players we've kept as well like Casey he had a very good game against Wimbledon um, I think Max would be quite good for us this season as well um, no disrespect to the team last season but I think Max is a better player playing with better players um, so yeah it's very promising what impact do you think full-time football will have on players you mentioned Max I guess he's probably one of the ones well I think you know if he's in a full-time team do you think it, that can only be good for us that a lot of these players will be getting obviously we're in training more and they should they should be improving right um, definitely I think the team being together full-time most of the week um, I think it really helped with the team spirit um, and on the training ground as well with the patterns of play um, and just sort of forming our identity on the pitch really um, I think it can only be a positive thing just looking at a couple of positions, obviously we're going to have a few trialists today probably and we've got a few more games of pre-season to go as well. The season doesn't start for a good few weeks now. What kind of positions do you think we're, we're kind of looking to fill still in your mind? Um, I'd say in my opinion we could probably do with an extra striker. Um, nothing against Oakley and Innie, um, but I think just for squad depth we probably need one more striker. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to say this after last season, but I think we need another winger as well. Um, I think there's question marks over Loza and um, Tyreek Johnson's fitness, so yeah. maybe just have a little bit to cover in those positions. Yeah, it's always good to have depth, isn't it? Because I think last season, as you mentioned, there were a lot of games in this short period of time, but it did feel like sometimes we had more players injured than we did available, didn't we? Yeah, so it's, it, it's really difficult to have that. Well, um, what are you kind of... I guess expectations for the season, but also what what are your hopes? I mean, expectations can be, you know, I hope we finish top half, but is there any more kind of ambitious thoughts you've got? Um, I think it depends on our starts of the season. Um, in the last few years, our strong starts have, you know, really, really helped us later on in the season. Um, I think realistically, we should be aiming for top half, but me personally... I'd like to be in with a shout of the playoffs near the tail end of the season. 
It's good, isn't it? Because obviously now it's, it's, it's really exciting because you can be in, shout, in, in with the shout of the playoffs because so many teams get into the playoffs these days. So it's you can kind of be 10th with a month to go and you're like, we're right in amongst it. So, yeah, I, I think everyone's going to kind of want that. But just looking, obviously the, the season starts in a few weeks' time. Um, I think one of your job roles, or correct me if I'm wrong, is, is sorting out the, the supports coach, which you've kind of done that for about 18 months now. But there's a coach going to Wildstone, I'd assume, and maybe some of the other games after that. So did you want to give us some info on uh, what's going on there? Um, yeah, we're, well, Alan Barnes primarily runs the coaches, um, but I help him out and I, I marshal on a match day. Um, so we've got coaches booked for Wealdstone and Torquay away um, at the end of August. Um, and if you'd like to travel on those, if you email me um, or get in touch with me, uh, my email is adam.bowyer, and that's B-O-W-Y-E-R, at cardstrust.co.uk. Yeah, no, that'd be brilliant. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that are wanting to go to go to games like that, which is it's just it's so nice just to even see stuff like saying, "Oh, we've got the prices on," like after not being able to do it for so long. So, so that's brilliant. And I know one other thing you're involved with here at the club as well. I've got a, a folder at home. I think from the '96 '97 season, uh, which is a, a junior cards folder with a whole load of signed things in it and and pictures, which are probably antiques now. But you're running that, I think, for for this coming season. So, what's that all about? Uh, well, yeah, I'm just taking over the uh, the junior cards from John Hooker, who's um, done a really good job over the last few years. Um, so going forward for this season, we want to do as many things as we can for the junior cards. Um, it's £10 to join for the season, um, and when you join you get a welcome pack with um, a few goodies in it. Um, and on the 12th of August, we've actually got an exclusive training session at Kingfield, um, where junior cards members can come along. Um, with their parents, they can watch the team train on the pitch um, and then afterwards they can get on the pitch themselves and take part in a few drills. Um, but again, if you use the same email address if you're interested in joining the junior cards, um, so it's adam.bowyer at cardstrust.co.uk. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting, I know, for, for the kids as well. There's so much access to players and all of those kind of cool things. So worth having a look into if, uh, if you've got some kids and, and want to do that thing. So thanks for your time, Adam, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you later in the season. That was Jacob there with Adam Bowyer. Uh, Jacob, what were your thoughts on the Chelsea game? Yeah, a really, really exciting game. And funny enough, what we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago when we were saying, you know, confidence and, and these things. I mean, when we were 3-0 down at half-time, it, it we're kind of thinking, yeah, this is, you know, a good Chelsea team, but wow, like this isn't going to help us if we come out and we concede another couple of goals in the second half. But the, the, I think the first thing that jumped out at me, you know, in terms of, of the game was Chelsea starting 11. Um, and there were some really good players in there. Um, obviously, uh, for anyone that kind of wasn't there or, or what the, it hasn't got kind of the, the insight on it, kind of Kennedy was playing, kind of a Brazilian player um, who was at Granada last season, Getafe the season before, Newcastle the season before that, um, you know, I kind of... And a he Chelsea played, player going out on multiple lanes, that's a surprise. <laughs> and he also played in uh, Chelsea's pre-season game against Tottenham, uh, which, as we were recording this, was, was last night. Um, so again, it's like, it, you know, you're, and you're thinking, well, that's actually, you know, a, a quite a good player. Uh, Miazga uh, also played for Chelsea on that game. I think he was at Andalex last season. He also, you know, plays for the, the US men's national team and, you know, starts for them, I think, pretty much. Um, 
yeah, and, and, and Brozier as well, I think, who, who was playing up for Test last season and, and, and plays internationally as well. So you look at a few players like that and you're like, okay, you know, although not everyone will know these names, they're not all household names. I think you start to look at them and you're like, that's not the under-23s where, you know, they've never, they've just played in an academy and, and you know, we might beat them like in previous seasons. I mean, there were some serious players there. And I think the third goal was by, by Brozier and obviously he kind of won it in, um, in Chelsea's own half, ran the length of the pitch and scored. And, you know, you can probably criticise our defending, but he's, you know, a, a player that's playing at international level, starting for his country, um, you know, playing against Woking in pre-season. So you're like, OK. And lo and behold, when, you know, those kind of players started to go off the pitch, things got a little bit, uh, you know, the playing field got levelled a bit. And as we brought some names on as well, mainly Effiong, Obviously, we, we we kind of completed the the comeback, so yeah, a real, a real feel good game, I think, for everyone involved, um, and, and great to see us, you know, getting goals and, and players. You know, again, it's the same as what we were saying earlier. You know, preseason doesn't mean much, but again, if if you're a striker and you're getting goals in preseason, like that monkey is already off your back. Like you're not going into the season almost like when am I going to get that first goal? You know, because mm. even though it's pre-season, you've kind of already got a couple. So I do feel like for the strikers, especially, you know, it does take it off. And I mean, Effiong's goal was incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and was really kind of literally men versus boys, which it kind of was in the second half, but but still a brilliant finish. I think it's worth saying as well that, you know, for me, that first half wasn't a 3-0 game. Um, I think we hit the woodwork twice in that first half. You know, the there's a, a couple of sort of fortunate deflections for, for Wareham's goal after 20 seconds. You know, you can't, can't really legislate for that. The, I think, I think the second goal, the, the sort of deflected free kick again, you know, there's obviously, as you've, you've described um, a lot of quality in that team from Chelsea in the first half. And, you know, I'm not, not saying they didn't deserve to be ahead, but, you know, we easily could have gone in say two, one rather than three nil. Um, but, you know, what a great challenge for us to go in 3-0 down um, and not just to go, OK, let's shut up shop and make sure that we don't, we're not on the end of a, a real embarrassing scoreline because no one wants to lose by six or seven pre-season or not. Um, and actually to have the, you know, the confidence, the team spirit to, to fight back, albeit with some of Chelsea's bigger names off the pitch, you know, deserves a lot of credit because, you know, it's pre-season. There's, there's there's no points to fight for, but the fact that they want they, they really wanted to push for that result, um, and like you say, what a goal to win it as well. Um, a, a good occasion and a, a good crowd there as well with the uh, the free season ticket offer. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was good, and, and you know, obviously, there's a lot of Chelsea fans that live locally that can kind of come, and it kind of adds to the atmosphere a little bit. I think having you know a few of their fans there there as well, so so that was good. Um, and as you say, I think that was actually probably the most frustrating thing about being 3-0 down at halftime was it probably should have been 2-1. But, you know, we went from hitting the hitting the woodwork a couple of times and getting really close. And that's just one of those things in football where, you know, you're, you're camped in their half. You're, you know, you're having a few chances. You're like, oh, we, we might get a goal here, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you literally lose the ball. They, someone takes the ball from their own half and then goes up the other end and scores. And you're just like... Well, it's just going to be one of those days, isn't it? But thank, thankfully, it wasn't. And uh, and as you say, yeah, I mean, you're never going to say the atmosphere was good at a pre-season friendly. Like, it's ridiculous to suggest that. However, you know, there, there, I think there was probably by the end, you know, kind of standing on the cowrie. I think people were quite excited just to, you know, see a few goals and, and see us kind of come from behind. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good occasion. And it's nice as well. Like, you know, I think 
there's obviously Aldershot had that relationship, didn't they, with Chelsea for quite a few years, kind of renting out their ground to the youth teams and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's important, I think, probably that we do keep a close relationship for them because, uh, you know, they, they might be able to help us out with a player or two here or there, hopefully at some point in the future. Um, you know, like they did, they did with Nathan Baxter, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just noticeable. I don't think all the shot really played them anymore, I gather, since kind of that's all ended. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to kind of see us buddy up with them and, and, get, and reap the benefits that, you know, that can have. Making friends in high places with uh, Kevin Betsy taking his job at Arsenal during the war. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be that we uh, we partner with them instead. Uh, any Premier League team wants to give us players, basically, they can, they can partner with us. <laughs> I think that's, that's basically the rule I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, and after the, the Chelsea game, Jacob spoke to Woking News and Mail writer and previous podcast, Rob Hemingway, to get his thoughts on the game. And here it is. So this is uh, Cars Cast at the Match. Rather excitingly, Woken have just beaten Chelsea 4-3 at Kingfield. I'm joined now by Rob Hemingway, the Woken News and Mail. Um, Rob, I mean, wow, you're going to have a long report to put in the paper, I think, with seven goals. But uh, I know you just said before we came on, it wasn't a game of, of two halves necessarily, but 3-0 at half-time and a 4-3 win. Yeah, it was... Um... I mean, the the first the end of the first half hinted at what was to come in the second half, perhaps. I think Oakley had a header, he had yeah, two headers, one against the bar and one just wide from Casey Crosses. And that's, that theme sort of continued in the second half. Casey's deliveries were on the money almost every single time, whether it be crosses or set pieces, causing a lot of problems in the box. Obviously, Diara's goal came from one of those, which got them back into the match. And they could have had, they could have had more goals, really, than, than the four they ended up getting. Um, so, brilliant for... Um, you know, not so great obviously in the first half that they kind of were a bit shell-shocked and a bit you know, suffering with the quality Chelsea had through the lines but the way they came back with kind of resilience, fitness, skill pressing high right until the end you know, it can only bode well for, uh, you know, for, the, for the guys particularly Ian, Ian Dyer who's uh, I gather working on the attack these days so um, that's, uh, there's a lot for him to be pleased about after yeah. that yeah yeah certainly yeah as you say I think you were right towards the end of that first half we had a couple of chances obviously Chelsea went up the other end and got a goal and it was like oh is that game over but but it really wasn't but what do you think games like this I think this season obviously there's not that many trialists certainly I think there was only one in there today so what do you think these kind of games kind of mean for us at the moment yeah, well, I think um, they're definitely a chance to, to get sharper, get fitter. There are a lot of players out there who played 90 minutes today. Um, Diara, Casey, Gretschmar, Ince, you know, a few others. So that's kind of, you know, objective number one. Um, I think objective number two is these players haven't played with each other um, a lot, so there's a chance to kind of gel, understand how people play, how people work, what moves they like to do. Um, and then thirdly, obviously, sort of, you know, confidence boost, really, to... to to win these games is, is um, you know, shouldn't be underestimated really. It's a chance to keep kind of the, the momentum they've got already from pre-season, which has been excellent, and um, keep that going right up until the start of the season. And, and if you're beating opposition like Chelsea 23s, albeit they were a bit weaker towards the end with some substitutions, that's um, that's a you know a brilliant a brilliant thing to have. And obviously the, the rest of pre-season is against teams kind of below us, so, you know, a few leagues below, so we can probably try out more different things. I know you're kind of really in touch with Dows and, and the team here. Are you expecting to see like a few more trialists, a few more academy players playing in those games, or do you think, again, we're just going to go, this is the first team and we want to be learning and to play together so we're ready for the first weekend? Yeah, I heard Dow saying, I think on his uh, catch-up um, earlier this week, that he would you know, be using them as a, as a chance for the first team 
first team squad anyway, so I don't, I don't imagine there being a lot of trialists. He said he's, he's after kind of two or three more players. Um, so, you know, there might be a few more, but I think equally the trialists who've been here have been have been pretty good. Um, the two guys today, you know, I'd be surprised if, if they were let go in, in some respects. So whether you bring in more on top of those guys, I'm not sure. There might be one maybe sort of superstar who's out there in the Football League who's looking for a club potentially in the four positions. Um, but no, I mean, otherwise I think... Um, you know, there's a chance for the likes of um, Saeed and Hamblin to get some more minutes, who Dowse has said will be around the first team squad this year. Um, and yeah, a chance for some of the players who have been injured to come back, like Loza, to get more minutes as well. So. That was actually going to be my next question, was um, about the role of the academy. Because obviously we saw today here, obviously Jaden Wareham was with us last season and scored today within what? Within the first minute, certainly. And he looked really sharp, had a really good game. And, um, you know, how important is, is our academy going to be for us this season? Um, you know, because obviously we've seen the standard is, is pretty damn high. Mm. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think everyone's been impressed by the likes of yeah, Hamblin and Saeed, and I think um, it's been good for them to have those minutes at the back end of last season. I think everyone thought and hoped that might be a, um, a blessing in disguise, really, for them, because they've, they've learned what this level requires and they've, they've sort of, it's brought them on a bit more. So there's definitely, you know, those two. We've seen Evans in pre-season. Um, Backhurst has been in goal. Um, you know, there's um, there's one or two others as well. Who kind of Skinner, who's been impressing quite a lot. I think he's been injured, but definitely, um, you know, when there's injuries in in the squad, there'll be a chance for them to come in, and, and because they're they're quite you know almost ready, I think they'll um, they should be able to do a good job. And finally, uh, a plug for yourself for anyone that doesn't kind of know what you do, and, and when the new news of mail comes out and that kind of stuff. If you've got kind of like a sales pitch for the the Woking news of mail, buy it every Thursday, fifty p. Is that still the drill? <laughs> yeah, spot on, mate. Um, no, I think I think yeah, we're we're still um, still come out weekly, as you say, on a Thursday. We tend to have um, you know an interview with either or well, a couple of interviews, usually one with a player, you know, the guy in the squad, and one one with one of the management teams. So usually a good way to kind of keep on top of um, on top of what's going on and. And then um, obviously I'm, I'm on Twitter and um, you know generally providing updates through, during the week or games as well. So um, hopefully a chance to uh, yeah engage and catch up that, with people that way. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's really interesting. I know uh, Rob, friend of doesn't follow him, is always talking to Dowson and the team down here. So there's always some good good insights, and he even sings on his Twitter as well, which he, <laughs> you might want to ignore those tweets. <laughs> We've got some new players this season. He's going to think up some new chants or something. But thanks for your time, Rob. We'll, we'll catch up with you after uh, some of the games later this season. Appreciate it. That was Jacob uh, with Rob Hemingway. Uh, so just one more friendly for us to talk about, Jacob, and that was the Farnborough game from Tuesday evening. Uh, I know you were there. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it was a really, really strange game. Um, and I think we could afford to have a game like that um, just because of where pre-season has gone so far. So obviously we, we've got the team, you know, relatively there. It's pretty much sorted. There's probably a few players that we could add. But, you know, the, the bulk of the team is there. We've had some good wins. You know, we've had some good performances. Everyone's had a run out, you know. And so I think that Dow's kind of used that game to experiment um, in pretty much every position. Um, and I think it was almost, you know, if you had a, a nailed on starting position, you weren't playing that position against Farnborough. <laughs> and we we're just seeing who could play where. Like, obviously, you have people like Hamlet at left back, you know, and then he does play there and, and stuff like that. But, you know, with uh, with instant champion at centre back, kind of Casey playing centre midfield when he came on late into the game. I mean, there was just a, a load of kind of really weird things that happened. So, you know, I, I think then when you look at the context of it and say, well, we did lose the game, obviously. Um, but, you know, it was 
it wasn't experimental in as much as we played a different formation. It was experimental in as much as like everyone was pretty much playing out of position, um, you know, and, and we need that. We need to see if players can play in different positions and, and have backup plans. So it was a bit strange for, from that perspective. Uh, but I think the one thing actually, other than that, that I took away from it was just the, the physicality of the game um, and kind of intensity. It's probably not the right word because obviously it is pre-season, but there are a few big tackles flying in. It, it was it was quite a physical game. And there was a few times the ref had to kind of intervene, separate the players a little bit. And you don't see that in pre-season. You know, normally it's very nicey-nicey. Everyone's just kind of passing around. There's no real aggression to it. So I think from that point of view, I say this now because nobody got injured in the game or, or anything like that or suspended. I know you can't really get suspended in pre-season, but, you know, some of the tackles that the farmer players were putting in, you know, it was, <laughs> you thought maybe someone might get up and, you know, I don't know, push someone over and get a suspension or something from the FA. But, um, you know, once you've got through that game, no injuries, it is quite nice to see us. I think someone maybe be a little bit more aggressive with us because we're going to get that when we get to the league season. Um, it's probably something we've not had. We didn't have, certainly didn't have it last season. I think Dallas always kind of said that where he was like, we're lacking kind of real men in the team. We've got a lot of boys and, you know, a lot of people that aren't, um, you know, necessarily kind of aggressive and, and, you know, trying to put in big tackles or trying to get involved or try and play that side of the game. So, Although we did lose the game, I think that was probably quite a good test for us in as much as, you know, playing a team that were really not holding back um, and, and we're really going for the, the win as well because I think we are going to get that. And we're going to get that, I think, from the very first game of the season. You know, when we go to Wildstone, you know, if you look at their, you know, everything, their ground, their players, you know, everything, they're, they're going to be fighting to survive this season. You know, I, I can't see them really doing much other than that. And I think they're going to be a really physical team. I think they're going to kind of stick the ball in the box. I think they're going to kind of try and rough us up a bit and, and try and win that way. And we've got to be able to win games when that happens to us, I think. And, and that's why I think the Farmer game was probably quite beneficial from that point of view. Uh, because, yeah, I think it probably teaches us a little bit more or, or gets the team ready rather than just, as we say, an academy team passing the ball around and, and being quite nice about things. Yeah, definitely. Um just on the squad then, um, as you say, some some experimentation against Farnborough, but you know, I think we're we kind of agreed that that mostly um the squad is kind of almost there and ready for the season. A couple of new signings um since we last spoke. Tarvon Campbell has been confirmed, uh, a winger, um, had a brief trial at the, the West Brom and Shearwater games before signing permanently. Um, and a lone arrival as well, Kane Thompson Sommers from Birmingham City, another centre midfielder and, and that's an area that, that we're looking quite healthy I think at the moment um, but for you where are the the kind of gaps I know you kind of alluded to sort of the the attacking midfield role still being a, a place that you'd like to see strengthening before the Wilson game yeah yeah certainly so centre attacking midfield obviously Max can can play there and as we said some of our other players are probably throwing their hat in the ring and said they can play there if they need to as well so um, I know we had a, a try list in that position the other night we obviously scored um, the goal as well which which was good to see um, other than that he, he was quite quiet in the game uh, but expect, kind of expect to see him back uh, for, for some further pre-season games so um, you know that that might be the answer there but yeah it feels like we do need someone someone else there um, I think another Another forward player who can probably play a couple of positions, but can play as a centre forward. Uh, yeah, and probably centre back cover as well. And then I think, you know, I think we're more or less there just because there's enough players. It feels like there's enough versatile players that can play anywhere kind of around the defence. Um, uh, you know, even even looking at people like um, 
Tyreek Johnson, who can play kind of wing back and stuff like that. I think we can mix it up just enough to kind of cover, um, you know, and, and maybe have some loans in. So yeah, I, I don't think we're, I don't think we're miles off now, which is um, you know unheard of with you know a couple of preseason games to go and um, obviously a week off before before the season starts, which is which is good. I think I think that's that's really good news, and you know it might be that we do save a few squad spots for you know loan players. Um, you know, or, or, or maybe people that are trialing the football league clubs that, that get rejected within the next couple of weeks because I know they start earlier than us. Actually, I think they might start this this coming weekend. Actually, you know the championship does. So, you know, there might be players there that have been trying to get into teams and, and haven't been able to, and are now looking at, you know, maybe joining a, a you know a conference team. So, yeah, we might benefit from that. And uh, I, yeah, I think that depth is going to be important. Um, you know, I, I know I always kind of go on about it, but I think we're much better doing that. Even if we if we end up loaning players out if we end up loaning Tommy Block to a Conference South team or Max Kretschmer or, or someone, you know, just for the first month of the season or something, because we've got a couple of players in that we think can add more value, um, you know, and if they disappear or, or we need them back, then we should have a recall clause and, and bring them back. Because um, I think that, you know, and that I think that was the, the disappointing thing last season is when we needed cover at centre-back, you know, Gerin, we could recall him or, or his loan had ended, but he'd got himself suspended. And it was like another three games before we come back. So we had to kind of like play the older shot games, you know, with a real kind of makeshift backline. And um, yeah, obviously we, we all know kind of how that went. So um, that's the thing. I think if we're going to, and I'm sure they will, there'll be some of the academy players, uh, you know, Salim, as you've already talked about, and maybe even Hamlin and, and players like that, you know, it'd be interesting to see just, it might be that, that they're loaned out, but we can bring them back as and when we need them, um, which isn't ideal for the teams you're giving them to, but it's just, I think that probably the reality of uh, of the situation, so no, it'd just be interesting to see how that plays out because I think I'd rather have that bigger squad with a few players loaned out that we could recall rather than us, you know, panicking if someone gets you know a couple of players get injured in, in a training session on a Thursday and we've got a game on a Saturday and we've got no centre backs or I don't know or you know whatever we're kind of having to make do. I think obviously this season, you know, a huge advantage to the fact that the you know touch wood all of the leagues below us will be running as normal whereas for the last certainly last season um you know for the lion's share of it there was no conference north or south we were the lowest level of football and i think it you know it probably made it that bit harder to to try and recruit players because they knew that if they were out of the team for a couple of weeks or they had a dip in form or something like that then they were just going to be sitting on the sidelines there was there was nowhere else for them to go um whereas like you say this year um, you know, certainly some of the fringe players, some of the the academy players that are on the way through, I, I think, you know, it can only help their development to have a month at a, a Conference South team. And, you know, we've got good relations, certainly with Hampton and a couple of others down there as well. You know, Dallas knows um, kind of the Isthmian League still very well from his time there with Kingstonian and things. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see, um, you know, players going to Westfield, Shearwater, things like that. Certainly, you know, the the real young ones in the squad and, and you can always bring them back if you need that, that extra bit of cover. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, certainly that, that bigger squad, the full-time training as well, you know, players can always go and play um, for, for another club at a weekend and train with, with us during the week, you know, like uh, play, players that have gone come on loan to us have done in the past. I think that's what the, the Oxford lads certainly were doing last season. So yeah, I'm certainly optimistic about that one. But uh, just to, to bring it back quickly to the the trialists and the, the kind of three positions you identified for the strengthening, I, I think I don't think we're under any uh, 
embargo for naming the trialists, and I think most of our savvy fans on Cardsboard have already identified who they are anyway. But uh, Jordan Maguire Drew, I think, was the the number ten um, on Tuesday. Ex um, ex Brighton, uh, Leighton Orient, most recently spent uh, part of last season on loan at Crawley. Has done well at this level in the past for for Dagnum and Wrexham, I believe. Um, certainly on paper. Um, looks like he could be an exciting signing. What do you make of him? Yeah, you're right. Certainly kind of looking looking at his kind of previous history. I, I think he was the victim the other night of the, the experiment that we tried to do, um, you know, which was probably a bit harsh on him. And, and hopefully he gets a chance to play against Hampton, um, you know, and, and maybe Westfield as well, if we're going to start what we want to be our kind of starting eleven, and, and maybe fit him in there just to see how it works. So I just think setting the team up the way we did and then saying to him, well, you know, you've got a chance to prove yourself, but the rest of our team is you know, kind of thrown together and, and we're doing all these experiments and, and then we say, well, he wasn't great. And it's like, yeah, but you know, what team was he playing in really? So I think, you know, when, when you look at it like that, it's, it was a tricky game for him, but you're, you're right. The probably the most telling thing, say he hadn't played against Farnborough and we just signed him and we were looking at his, his, you know, his history, we'd say that's a brilliant signing. So um, I probably wouldn't let that get in the way uh, either because it's quite clear that, you know, he is a good player, you know, and it's, it's not a fluke, you know, it's not like he's been around a couple of clubs and you look at the figures and he's not really played many games. He's, he's got some serious game time at some of these clubs, really good clubs, obviously in the football league. So, um, yeah, that looks really exciting, I think. Um, and I think it's, I kind of, if you search his name on, on Google, kind of South Ember chasing him as well, which shows this is probably about the right level, but I think that'd be massive for us if, you know, um, you know, I, I'm not saying he's been, you know, specifically given the choice between us and South End, but you know, if we were signing players that South End also wanted, then that'd probably show kind of where we're at and, and maybe the project that we've got going on and, and what kind of players make of that, as opposed to you know the big the big name in the league. Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be brilliant for us and just the player we need really, centre attacking midfielder, um, and, and hopefully he can chip in a few goals if if he signs. And I, that's always the thing in preseason, isn't it? I think we've seen players in the past. We've been like, oh, that's good. Like that player's great. We should sign him. He's played two or three games in preseason for us, and then they go and sign for someone else. So um, yeah, I think was it John Akindi that did that one season? I think, um, yeah, we had John Akindi on trial, and Harry Beautyman as well was the one that always yeah. uh, stings because he. Uh, I think he chose Welling over us and then went via Welling to Sutton and obviously, you know, has been one of one of the, the standout players for them last season in the team that won the league. So that was that was a real, real big miss, that one. Crazy, isn't it? And that's why you don't name trialists, I guess, because you just try and, you know, let's pretend he's not playing for us and he's not available and, and nothing's going on there. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes, but that seems like, would seem like a, a really perfect fit. So, you know, fingers crossed. Because again, I think that would be one of the more exciting signings from, from the summer. So, um yeah, that'd be great. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, and then on the, the forward player, Dow specifically seems to to still be searching for another winger. Maybe a, a little bit of a surprise with, obviously, Johnson, Lozer, Campbell, um, your Kreshmar, who could potentially play out there as well. But um, Claudio Fusu, um, who was at Hartlepool last season and, and has scored a lot of goals at, at kind of lower levels earlier in his career as well, is is one that's that's been on trial for a couple of games. And... I think I'm right in saying that, that on Tuesday we also saw, I'm going to butcher this name, Taran Alakira, um, who was, a, a, again, a, a part of Crawley's setup for the last couple of years. But Dallas, Dallas seems to be looking for another wide player rather than a kind of out-and-out centre-forward. Yeah, I think it makes sense to have kind of one, uh, sorry, two on two on either side. Um, 
you know, just, just for the fact, you know, you might want to bring someone on in a game or, you know, you, you try out some different things or, or whatever you want to do. I think it's good to have that, those options, because it's quite clear, I think, that we're going to play like 4-3-3 three, three, and you're going to have those two wingers every single game. That kind of seems the way we're going to go with it. So I think you do need that backup there. And um, yeah, the players we've got so far, the three we've signed so far are really are really exciting. So um, it's just finding one more. I guess Afusu, but the, the strange thing is, is how kind of how many games he's played in pre-season and not been offered anything as of yet. So I can only think the kind of Dallas is maybe still making his mind up on him. So, um, but it does help as well. I think once you signed, I would say um, that Campbell was better for us once he had signed um, or probably knew he was signing. I kind of felt in the, in the Shearwater game, he was trying to prove himself too much. Um, And I think especially for wide players, sometimes that can, kind of make you look at them a little bit differently in games. So, uh, you know, I think someone made the, the point on Cardsboard and I'll steal it. I can't remember who it was, but thank you for for, for posting it on and giving me the insight. But I think it's a good point that players do try it too hard sometimes because maybe they'll only get two games on trial, um, you know, to prove themselves and then it's a contract or no contract, you know. So when they've kind of got the ball, you know, maybe gone to take on a player, you know, if they've got the chance to score from 30 yards or, you know, maybe just play a sensible pass, I'd think, well, I'll be remembered more if I smash it from 30 yards and score a goal. And, you know, if I just play the simple pass, I think football managers would be wise enough to, to realise that you're doing, you know, the, the stuff you should be and, and, you know, you're not trying to prove yourself. But, you know, you did see it. Just a couple of glimpses, I think, against Shearwater where Campbell would kind of be cutting back and looking to shoot from quite a strange position when, you know, I think you know, Max or, um, you know, whoever was kind of stood in the middle of the box with their arms wide open, you know, could easily have just passed it them and they probably would have scored. Um, but they're trying to prove themselves. And, and I get that. Um, and I just think ever since he signed, it looked like the pressure was taken off a little bit, playing with a smile on his face and, and kind of getting ready for the season. Um, and it might be the same, you know, with, with some of the trialists we've had where, you know, we sign them and, and obviously they get some training sessions with us. And, and then also they kind of take the pressure off themselves and not trying to kind of be a world beater in every game to, to prove a point and just want to kind of play within the squad to, to, to get the, the victory, which is what, which, which, which is what we need really. I guess, you know, particularly a challenge for those, those sort of flair players, because you know, the whole nature of their position is that they're going to have to take more risks and, you know, you're looking for, for goals, assists, you're looking for them to make something happen. I think, you know, I can appreciate that, that, that it's a real challenge to, to come and impress in those positions because you can you can just as easily go missing in a game and you might not have done anything wrong. But, you know, if you've, you equally, then you're not going to stand out if you don't take a few chances. Whereas if, you know, you're potentially trialling at centre-back or centre-midfield or something and you're kind of naturally more involved in the game, it might be slightly easier for them. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's uh, it, it does depend on, on position. You're right. Flair players. That's literally what you're there for, isn't it? Really, and um, you know, you, you kind of want to prove that. So, no, yeah, I think there's glimpses there. And it's hard as well, isn't it? I think sometimes because you know, especially with the attacking players, sometimes it's quite hard to judge them when we're playing teams that maybe aren't necessarily really attacking us that much or or whatever. So if you're a kind of an attacking player that likes to like getting behind the back line and stuff like that, well, you know, who's going to play a wildly high line in pre-season and, and kind of do that kind of stuff? It doesn't really happen because, you know, teams are just a little bit more sensible and it's not do or die. So they're, they're kind of a little bit, um, you know, they kind of sit deep. They're not, you know, naturally I think all teams do it because, you know, you're not going to go hell for leather when it's just a pre-season friendly, especially if we're playing Farnborough, you know, they're not going to come and massively attack us because, you know, we'll get in behind them and score. Hampton will be the same, I'm sure. Westfield will be the same, I'm sure. So it is tricky for players. I think the flair players sometimes as well, because, 
you know, you're probably running at two banks of four who are just like, well, you know, we've got no real incentive to, to go crazy attacking here. You've not really got much space to run into. What are you going to do about it? Um, whereas when we go into the league season, you know, although obviously when we, I think we talked about this last time, although we kind of know we've invested a little bit and I'm sure, you know, clubs have seen us get a couple of players in. I think a lot of teams will still be like, it's Woking and we should be beating them. And that'll probably play into our hands because with, with some of these pacey players, I'll have space to run into, hopefully. Um, and I think that'd be a real benefit for, for some of those players. So it's worth bearing that in mind. I think when looking at some of those fair players that, you know, not they're not necessarily going to, you know, look like, you know, Messi or something when they're playing against Farnborough with, you know, trying to kick everyone and, and have everyone defence. It's, it's, it's such a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, well, I hear uh, breaking news just before we press record that Messi is now available. So if uh, Dallas is still on the lookout for another wide player, then, uh, you know, he's all right, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, just finally, then, um, you mentioned defensive cover, and I'm slightly relieved because I thought I was the only one that um, was still crying out for another defender. It, it, it's kind of Dallas has given every indication that he's you know, comfortable with, with Joe and Amusa as his first choice and, and champion, um, you know, maybe Hamblin and Ince, I guess, as, as kind of emergency cover. You know, you've got Block there as well. He's played there in the past. Um, but for me, I think I really would still like to see another out-and-out centre-back appreciate, you know, similar to what we talked about earlier with, with signing players that are just going to be there for backup. Imagine, you know, Dallas likes to settle back for it's going to be very, very difficult to pick up a player who's willing to come and sort of play a bit part role like that, you know, maybe get five minutes if we're defending a lead here and there, not a lot else. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I would still like to see another player come in and offer a little bit of extra protection because it, it, if if Tuesday was the audition for, for champion and imps as kind of the backup sense of back pairing, it, it felt like it didn't really work out for them. No, it, it didn't. And it, you know, it, it... It's tricky as well, isn't it? Because I don't, I don't think Champion really wants to play in a back four. It would always be a back five, wouldn't it? Which, mm. if you're missing one of your other defenders, playing a back five gets even harder then, doesn't it? Because you're you're a, you're a man down from the start. So, um, yeah, and obviously we've seen stuff before. You know, I think Casey played left centre-back when we had a three or five at the back, depending on how you look at it, uh, a couple of seasons ago. So he can play there. But, yeah, literally kind of looking at you know, just the, the, the kind of names at the moment. So I guess you've got Casey, Diara, Hamlin, Lofthouse um, and McNerney. Although Jake Rumble signed on as well, but I, I don't see him getting much game time. So you've 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 kind of only really got um, kind of five players between those positions, unless you're bringing midfielders in or, or doing other stuff. So, yeah, it's really not, it's really not a large amount of players. So I should think that someone who's maybe a bit versatile might come in, might sign. Um, and yeah, that centre-back, pairing is important and it's probably good to have you know one more that can play that as their kind of regular role and it might be centre backs seem to be relatively um, common players to pick up on loan um, as opposed to maybe some other positions so it might be that we've earmarked someone who can come in and, and again you'd like to see them here till here till January I think because there's no point having a centre-back for a month on loan if you're going to start DR and McNerney for the first few games and they're never going to play so again it's tricky isn't it because um, I think Dallas you know, has often said in the past that he doesn't really like to have young centre-backs uh, so slightly ageist but I, I, he may not have put it in quite those words but I'm, I'm sure I've said that he I'm sure I've seen him say that he favours 
experience in those positions and and I guess the other thing with that is is like you say if if they're coming in to play back up and, and they're only going to get a few minutes here or there it's it's probably not going to go down brilliantly well with their their parent club no and that yeah it's the balance isn't it it's it, it is hard um yeah and yeah it's 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 tricky uh, but you think kind of this far into it I mean, you're probably not going to get someone who's really experienced in, and and that's the, that's the tricky part. And but you know, again, it it is, um, you know, this season, you know, it's up to doubt. He's got the budget, um, you know, he's he's got all of these things in place, and um, you know, ultimately, you know, if he, if he wants to to roll with that and say, well, actually, you know, if one of those picks up an injury, I'll play champion, and and you know, well, if he picks up an injury, then you know, I'll play Collier at centre back, and you know, it. You, you could do that. It's fine. You can do it. Last season, I'm you were forced to do it. You mentioned him because uh, I thought we were. I thought you were just pretending that that he wasn't still playing every preseason game. But I think he started <laughs> on Tuesday, didn't he? And when I hear you say experienced, versatile defender, there's a there's a man <laughs> that has only recently retired and it still looks fighting fit to me. That I think he can come in and play that position. Yeah, well, yeah, well, but it does seem like that. It does seem, you know, obviously listening to Dallas last week, it seems like he's going to have kind of a contract of sorts and and could play, but I don't want us to be forced into that position. Um, you know, last season we were, and, it, you know, it was what it was, but I think this season I don't think everyone's going to sit there and go, poor Dallas, he's got no options, he's got to play Collier at centre-back, like he literally had no other option when we probably could have had other options but we've just decided not to do it because again, similar to the points we were making earlier, we kind of made do and it was fine and we could, we could make something work it, we, and it's fine. But if that doesn't work when it happens, um, you know, the pressure's on you. So, you know, that, that's where, and that's where you've got to trust in doubt, I think. And, um, and that's why, you know, I kind of do and say, you know, he's, he's got this budget, he knows his team, he signed them all. You know, there you go. That's that's it. You read it, and, and you're and you're judged on that. I think it was hard last season because he was kind of having to make do with, um, you know, a, a ridiculously low budget and players being furloughed and injured and all of these things. And, and you're like, well, you know, that isn't the team that he wanted to play. But ultimately, this season it is. Um, you know, and, and if it ends up, you know, we do give Collier a contract and he does start on the bench every week, and we have to we bring him on. You know nearly every game or, or whatever, then fine. But then it's, you know, it's at Dowsey's door if, you know, we're we're not winning games. Collie's kicking people over in the box for fun, like he's even <laughs> doing away penalties. Like, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. So, uh, no, yeah, we'll see. But it's, again, I don't know, it's, it's not really about Collie. I think it's more about that kind of like, we can make do if this happens. In the worst case scenario, this can, and it's just like, yeah, I, I just don't think we're in a position this season where we're forced to do that. So I'm like, we should probably do everything we can to avoid having to resort to like worst case scenarios that just make do. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think the loan market is still going to be a, a big one. Um, you know, kind of, so we've, what have we only got one player on loan so far? Is that? Yeah. Kane. Yeah. So again, yeah. So normally obviously we have quite a few, so um, it'd be interesting to, and obviously all the likely, the usual suspect clubs, the Oxford and, and that kind of stuff, and nothing's come out of them yet. So you do wonder if, you know, is someone, you know, are we looking at someone for there? So no, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure that, that there'll be a little bit of movement kind of closer to the season and, and we'll have, you know, two, three, four new players and, and them a good squad to, to ready to get going with, I guess. Absolutely. Um, two final questions then before we, wrap up so looking ahead firstly to the final two pre-season games we've got 
Hampton and Richmond on Saturday and then Westfield on Monday before a, a nice little 12-day gap before the Wilston game. As you, as, as you mentioned earlier, I think the National League is, is one of the last divisions to start. So not uh, I think a lack of potential opponents has probably ruled out a, a final game on that last free weekend. Um, but what are you looking for from, from those last couple of games on the pitch? What, what are you hoping to see to kind of reassure you, I guess, that we're, we're ready for the season? Yeah, I, I think for the um, I think for the Hampton game, we'll have to. I would go kind of full strength and, and play the team that that Dallas wants to start in that very first game. So I don't think we've obviously we've had a lot of the players out there which we think would start, but I think it'd be start to it'd be good to start having them in kind of a starting eleven and playing together um, against what will be a, a good opposition because I think they're going to finish quite high in the Conference South this season. So I think that'd be a good test. And the Westfield game, I think. <laughs> is a tricky one. I think that kind of, again, similar to the Farnborough game, I wouldn't completely change things like we did there, but I think, again, that'd be a good chance to give some of the younger players minutes. And again, we don't have to risk, you know, playing F. Young for 90 minutes or, or whatever if, we, if we're worried about getting them injured. Whereas I think with the with the Hampton game, I think it'd be good to see kind of the starting 11 for 60, 70 minutes of the game, 75 minutes of the game, Um playing it like it's almost like a proper fi- fixture as opposed to, you know, kind of 11 changes at half time or, you know, six or seven changes after 60 minutes. So, um, yeah, I think just so we can get a settled team, I think that's the one thing for now, for, 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 for the last two games. And obviously we'll be talking trialists and stuff like that, but I think we've got enough of the squad at the moment to kind of play that team now for maybe at, at least the Hampton game. Um and then, yeah, give them a bit of experience and just see what else we need to kind of slot in around it. And, and obviously, uh, any trialists that we think are going to start in the season, we'll probably be able to, to play those games. So, um, yeah, it should, it, should, it should be interesting. Hopefully a couple of wins as well, because as you say, I think that'd be nice to have the momentum because the Hampton game last season kind of really dejected me the week before the season started. Albeit, obviously, we would then went and won the first game, right? So it didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I think watching that game, it was like, wow, we're vastly underprepared for this season. Um, yes. You know, and, and then it, you know, it was fine to start off with. Maybe it wasn't fine to end with. But um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun losing to Hampton in that game. I, I know that much. No, there was a... I remember watching that one. I think it was on on YouTube, and it was um, there was any there, there was definitely a team that looked a division above the other, and it was it wasn't us. Um, but yeah, as you say, um, I, I I just written the match preview for the Hampton game um, earlier this afternoon, and you know, looking at the squad they've assembled, they, they've kept a lot of the, the the team together that that started well last season before the season was was called off. I think the the season before they came eighth. They were sixth when the season was was cancelled last year, so they should definitely be kind of in and around the playoffs. And they've they've made a couple of good signings as well, so should should definitely be a a good test. And I, I guess you know not a dissimilar standard opponent really to Wilston on the opening day. So kind of the perfect the perfect game really for for Dallas to test his, his side. And I completely agree. I'd like to see you know as close to to that starting eleven as as possible. Um, and just finally then. Um, Reflecting back on, on pre-season so far, um, I guess this will probably be our, our, our last podcast before the season begins in earnest. And uh, just, yeah, interested to get your thoughts on, on whether your opinion on the season has changed at all, whether your expectations have, have risen or fallen based on the game so far. I know we've, we've kind of touched on the, the meaning or lack thereof of, of pre-season results, but um, based on the performances you've seen, the signings that have been made, um, has it shifted your expectations at all? 
I don't, I don't think so. I, th- I think yeah, it's just it's just it's been really good. I think this has obviously been a very different preseason to other preseasons we've had, where we, we signed quite a few kind of key players before it started. So it's been a nice chance to watch them. I think sometimes the preseasons have kind of lacked a bit of meaning because we're watching players and we're like, I don't know who any of you are, and probably hardly any of you will even play for us. Um, it's quite hard to kind of follow a team in preseason when that's the case. Um, so no, it's been it's been good to see um, a lot of the new players and, and they've kind of performed good as well, which which has been really nice to see. And actually, the trialists coming through as well. I think Campbell's really been the standout for that. Um, you know, because sometimes you watch trialists and you know you want to kind of convince yourself that they look really good and we're going to sign them, uh, but you know ultimately sometimes they're not. But you know he did look really good and he's just kind of got better as preseason's gone on, um, which is which is really great to see. And I think actually probably the, the final point is is Effiong, uh kind of coming back because um, you know especially that goal against Chelsea, it was like yeah, this is everything I remember from Effiong and I'm really excited because I don't think we've ever had a striker like him uh, before uh, he signed for us like initially or since then like we've just not had someone that, that can do what he can do I don't think um, and we've really missed that we have really missed that we've had other good strikers we've had Hyde and stuff like that but I think you know I think Effiong um, well that's a controversial discussion to have isn't it I guess and one to argue out but uh, you know when you compare the strikes I mean who would I rather start up front this season and you know am I saying it just because we have signed Effiong but I think I would rather have him I think he brings a lot more um, you know and he can kind of um, you know he's, and he's proven at kind of every club he's gone to so no I'm, I'm, I'm excited excited to, to see him and it's good to see him looking sharp and I think the social media team keep tweeting pictures of him kind of <laughs> collapsing on the floor because he's been worked so hard in training and it's just great to see him kind of so committed to the cause I guess and and hopefully that's going to result in uh, in a lot of goals when, when the season kicks off Yeah I, I definitely agree on that I'm excited to see Effiong back and I think you know, I just closed by saying um, I think I tweeted sort of last week that I've not been this excited for a Woking season in, in a long time and you know that's partially um, you know, the prospects being able to attend games again um, and getting some sort of sense of normality back. Um, but, you know, also, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Dallas can do with the team on a full-time schedule, with a, a settled squad, with a, a kind of little bit of extra quality. Um, and, you know, if we can add those one or two extra flair players before the season starts, just bring that a little bit more creativity, a little bit more excitement, dynamism to the forward line, um, put a few more goals in the team um, already. I think that's definitely looking better than it has in past seasons. You're looking kind of up and down the lineup and you're thinking, yes, this team can score goals no, rather than sort of particularly last year, you're going, well, <laughs> if Max doesn't get a penalty, where's the goals going to come from? Um, so, yeah, um, you know, not going not to put any kind of positions on it or anything, but but quietly optimistic and, and you know, I'd like to think that we'll, we'll at least be, be well clear of trouble um, and, you know, pushing up towards the, the top half of the table. And that's the thing is that I think it will, the one thing in pre-season that I think is hard to, and we kind of touched on it earlier, is just stuff like the wingers, I think, looking good in games that, because not every game is kind of full of pace and end-to-end and, and they something they can get involved with. Um, but I think that, you know, just seeing some of those players you know, there's a lot more to come from players like Johnson, you know, so he's just really getting kind of fit again, I guess, and, uh, you know, and, and fitting back into it. And the same can be said about Lozer. Obviously, he's not played in a long time and hasn't even played much in pre-season. But you do think kind of just even looking at those names now that we're signing and, you know, you're looking at that front three, there's a lot of pace, um, a lot of creativity. There's a lot of goals actually in there as well. 
um, as you say, that's is is a lot more exciting than where we found ourselves in in the in the last few years. And and even you know from the season where we got promoted back to the the Conference South, you know, obviously there was a lot of enthusiasm, you know, and, and momentum with the club. Um, but it was really just a set of Conference South players <laughs> that you know there wasn't many kind of proven Conference players in there, all football league players that kind of dropped down. It was you know very much kind of like the Conference All Stars, sorry, Conference South All Stars that had kind of come up and you know um, you know and it worked. It does work. It does work for your kind of first season, and there was a lot of good players in that squad. But now it kind of feels like we've moved to a different level, and um, it'd be interesting to see as well. I know. Um, you know, obviously everyone talks about being full time. I think it will be interesting to see what difference that makes, kind of our what our team was like part time compared to full time. Obviously the budget's increased as well, so you've always got to bear that in mind. But um I think that'll be really interesting to see because obviously we've seen full time woken squads in the past. Famously the last one got relegated. Um and it's the, last, just, the last two got relegated, didn't they? Well, there you go. It's um, you know, and, and I see people say it's like a you know a throwaway comment. Well, so and so will improve this season because we're full time. It's like, well, you know, I can name you probably about fifteen players that didn't improve a few years ago when we were full time. Um, you know, Jason Banter never got any better because um, <laughs> he was training full time. Um, you know, and, and many more. So you do think, well, yeah, but you know, this is it's a whole different thing. And actually, probably the, the, the one of the nicest things actually is probably seeing the amount of off-field staff grow as well because um, there's a lot of kind of help there for Dallas now. You know, it's not him doing absolutely everything at the club on and off the pitch. Um, you know, there's a hell of a lot of other people involved now, which again has needed money, has needed funding. In, um, and it's good to have that in place and, and that, you've seen that in pre-season as well you rock up to a game and there's like you know tens of people in kind of training kits that are there to do certain things physio training fitness do, you know all these different people and it's like you know we really have got a lot of kind of specialist people in now kind of doing their jobs and, and then Dows is kind of the, the head of it all as opposed to him you know, doing absolutely everything and sleeping on the sofa in his office because there's not enough hours in the day, you know. So again, that's that's a big part, I think, for, for this season. And um, you know, that's the nice thing about hopefully kind of doing things, you know, a bit more professionally and and then reaping the rewards from rewards from it. Cause uh yeah, I know last season we didn't really even get a chance to train, did we? So, you know, things really can only get better. Well, knowing Dallas, I'm sure he's still sleeping in his office, but hopefully um, <laughs> yeah. he's sleeping a little better and a little easier than he was last season. But that's a, a positive note to end on. Um, and you can let us know your thoughts on pre-season, the squad, uh, new signings and the year ahead. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter. Jacob, where can they find you? Uh, at jgreenwoods ninety one. Uh, and my other handle, I still, I still can't remember, <laughs> but it's eighteen eighty seven Cardinals something. Just search something to do with that, and and, and it will pop up. I'm sure. I think we've 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 done about thirty of these now, and you still don't know your own Twitter handles. But there you go. <laughs> um, you can find me at Gwen H twelve ninety two. But until next time, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you soon.